Hey, this is Jan, and you're listening to the Home and Garden Leaders podcast. I'm sitting here with Marex, and basically what we're going to do is uh, we're going to pick his brain on the story of his company, his personal story, etc., etc. So that being out of the way, Marek, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, Jan. My name is, as you said, Marex. I'm from Latvia and uh, I uh, founded my company 20 years ago. It's an interior design company which works in all possible interior fields, starting from furniture, kitchen, and uh, up to lighting, uh, finishing materials, uh, garden furniture, outdoor, anything, anything for home in a high intermediate and premium segment. And then what was your personal background before starting this company? I had my uh, background from University of Latvia, business management, and uh, yet I've been uh, working for a couple of years in already in the interior design field. So having all those together, it was kind of dedicated to do this. Mm -hmm. So you were working before how in the interior design field? I've been already managing a little furniture company who sold, uh, who was dealer of the some of the Europe brands in Riga back in 90s. So that was very new. Contemporary field was something very special at that time. Very few customers and only you could talk to some, you know, advanced architects and interior designers who at that time understood this uh, philosophy and uh, aesthetics. Now it's, of course, the market is much wider. So you mentioned you started a company 20 years ago, right? What specifically was the reason to start it? At that moment, uh, the main reason was that uh, after being few years, uh, actually five years in furniture field and uh, working with uh, quite many projects, I felt that there is uh, uh, really to go ahead. There was really no access to the high quality materials for interior design, starting from, you know, wooden floor, parquet uh, up to uh, tiles, sanitary doors. There was no those products. So you come with the quality furniture, with the contemporary brands, but uh, interior is kind of uh, poor. And uh, this together is not really uh, something which should be like that. Gotcha. And when you're saying that it was undersaturated, essentially, what market are you talking about? I'm talking about the uh, Latvian market of uh, quality architecture and interior design. And both including uh, also contracts like offices, hotels, spas, and uh, etc. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And up to this day, you're basically mainly selling to Latvia, correct? At that moment, we are 80% business having in Latvia. We do have business in Ukraine, but which is at the moment uh, stopped for uh, obvious reasons. And then we from time to time do business uh, abroad, but this is more not intentionally, just because the architects we work with, they start to be more international. They do projects abroad in France, in Italy, in Germany, Düsseldorf, there was project and um, used to be quite few projects in Russia, but it's not anymore. Yeah. So, but still 80% of our business uh, is in Latvia. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And then you mentioned, so it would be great if you could understand your business model a little bit more, just because you're not really selling through an e-commerce store, which has been the majority of the guests that we had so far. So it would be really interesting to hear about that specifically. Our main business channel or sales channel 
are architects and professionals, interior designers, developers, uh, all kind of people who are setting up quality premises. At the same time, the reason we set up a web shop, it was also kind of test model, but still the reason was, uh, there was few reasons. One of the reasons is uh, it is like a good marketing tool for physical sales. So people are searching uh, stuff and then they really understand that maybe some things, some positions, uh, they are not that expensive as they probably think they are. So they kind of do some of the work home. So we, we have less uh, work to do here. And then the other reason is that, uh, for instance, uh, there is a large project with, uh, I don't know, hundreds of chairs and uh, a lot of other positions. And the other project is uh, the kitchen with one table and four chairs. Relatively, it takes uh, much, much more time to do this one table and four chairs. And added value from our side is much less. So, of course, you could recommend uh, which is the appropriate uh, size of the table for the kitchen and for the people which are going to sit at the table. But nowadays, people can do this on their own. So those simple purchases uh, could be done by by client. Uh, so they don't take away our time. And the, and the young population, they don't even uh, like to be involved in this discussion. So they want to do quite many uh, stuff on their own. So the whole process, whole experience of uh, purchase today is different. Imagine in the 70s, you are ready to, you want to buy a car. You come to the showroom, you start from scratch. Uh, the salesperson asks, how many people are you going to uh, go around? Do you have dogs? Which distances you make, etc. Nowadays, the young people, they, they want to do much at, at home. So they search in the Google until they come kind of to the maybe last really uh, last two models uh, they are interested in. Then they visit showroom just to physically see the model in reality. And uh, this is... Uh, totally different purchase experience what we have today. That's the reason uh, digital sales is uh, reasonable in our case. And then when selling to the people who are architects, how do you, so, so obviously don't share like your exact sales process or anything like that, right? But it's a pretty sophisticated market, right? Because architects, they source, for example, I've been doing an internship in an architecture firm when I was basically in school and there were two founders and then one of them, not all the time, but probably half of the time or a third of his time, something like this, he would just compare materials for tiles or something like this, because that's what they were looking at at that time. So what would you say are the things you specifically need to pay attention to when you're selling to a customer that's a bit more sophisticated? I mean, the main um, the main uh, qualities that the salesperson in this field has to have is the competence. Adding something to the architect, which even, uh, even though he knows a lot, so there are some uh, empty points that uh, can be filled by by the sales people so let's say uh, looking for a tile is not only about uh, the design it's also about uh, installation how how easy or hard it is going to be uh, to install so what is uh, the characteristics of the tile is it uh, maybe too slippery for the floor in the bathroom or 
in the wet space or other characteristics, uh, how big is going to be uh, the joints, for instance, the uh, architect wants to have this uh, seamless approach, and then you need to choose uh, rectified tiles, which uh, can be installed like almost without the joints. So all these little details, uh, and then of course, also the process, uh, what follows uh, what. So for instance, architect uh, wants to do not only the, the wall, but he wants to have like a whole area filled with the tiles, which means you need to cover the doors and uh, etc. And those are things architect doesn't know how to really uh, do in a, in a very precise way, how to handle the situation when you want to have like a complete wall, where there are some doors, but they are really hidden doors. And how to do that? Which door should you take, and which model of the tile you need to uh, need to choose? So it's not only the design and the size and and, and look, but also many hidden things which uh, just by heart you don't know. You need to know these details. Gotcha. So it's basically still being a trusted advisor, and you just need to have more competence than to selling someone that's less unaware. That makes sense. Okay. That's the main quality. And not only that, also knowledge about the novelty. So architect uh, maybe works with uh, tasks he knows, but there, there should be someone who brings the novelties and, and teach him what is the new things in the world. So what is the new approach or maybe some new formats which are available nowadays. Okay. And what sort of initial challenges did your firm face and overcome? Uh, you mean at the very beginning when we started or? Yeah, yeah, correct. Yeah. Like first couple of years. Yeah. Of course, you are new in the market and uh, architects are conservative people. So since architects and designers are our main uh, sales channel, uh, being like a totally new company in the market, uh, you need to have some strengths to pursue the, the customers to come to you because uh, there is no need to change track that they use. So they, they work with uh, some existing uh, companies or people and why should they ch change something? And then... Uh, then you have to prove yourself that there is some, first of all, products that are not available in the market. What are the characteristics of the products? Why do they need these products? So those were probably the, the, the main issues at the very beginning. How to get your market share, how to start from scratch when you are as big as now. It's, uh, of course, it's totally different. Everyone, everybody knows you and uh, you have uh, completely different kind of challenges. Yeah, specifically with architects, I think, right? Because it's a pretty crowded market space, uh, at least from what I know in Germany. Um, I'm not sure how it is in your country. It's similar. Yeah, it's interesting because everyone, I think there's a couple of things to it, probably because like it is a skill set, right? But you don't need to have like a minimum upfront amount invested or anything like this. So there's not much of a financial mode to it, I think. Mm -hmm. And then I think people just like to design things in general, right? So it's very hard for them to differentiate themselves. So it really makes sense to take this kind of consultative approach that you're talking about because... They can develop their craft. They can differentiate themselves as well. Yeah, that sounds really good from what you're saying. And then how would you describe the current situation of the company? I mean, uh, we are grown quite a bit. We are probably the biggest uh, company in the market in this field. Uh, definitely the, the, the most known company. So the spontaneous uh, brand awareness is the highest uh, 
So with this, uh, we have a lot of people working in a company for, for this field. Uh, it's uh, quite many. And then the challenge now is how to grow further because when you took quite big share in the market, then uh, you become uh, as big as it is. Uh, then it becomes uh, quite hard to find new ways how to grow and how to keep uh, developing as a company because if the company stays uh, the same for few years, then uh, it, it, it's uh, it's threatened that it will uh, die, so it will disappear. So you need to swim all the time, find the new ways, find the new solutions, new products to be alive, uh, not to go down. So those companies who stops for some time, uh, they are in danger that they will just die soon. Yeah. How do you balance that? Because you're probably like, if you're saying having a relatively high market share, to an extent, there's probably quite a bit of routine work uh, to be done for people as well, right? But then you also have to be innovative at the same time to an extent, right? So how do you balance that? I mean, in our field, there is not much routine work because every project is completely different. And that's uh, probably the great thing about uh, our field. So if you work in a bank, for instance, it's uh, really like routine here every time is completely different kind of customer different uh, projects uh, different solutions needs to be done but in a way that this is always different in that way in that sense of course it's routine as a leader of the company uh, i need to take step side to see the company from side and 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 feel what would be the our next steps, what would, what could be like uh, something uh, else, what can be done by us and what we are not doing until now and which would be interesting for the market. Got it. Yeah. It's pretty tricky, right? Because you have to come up with something that's original at that point, or you could look at other countries and what's working there alternatively, I guess, correct? In some way, yes. Maybe uh, we are in a specific uh, situation because the market is, at the end of the day, it's small. It's not big. It's uh, one Baltic country with two million uh, citizens. So you have uh, like any any bigger city, the same amount of people living in. So this situation, this how to say hybrid approach, it's not common in uh, Western Europe. So the, there, I don't know many companies uh, in Europe which does the whole bunch of things uh, and the, the all directions, including finishing materials, lighting, uh, furniture. Normally in Europe, you are specified. So you are either furniture dealer or you are like lighting specialist or you are tile distributor or you are, you know, door dealer or whatever. But here to have them all at one place, it's uh, in a way unique for Europe. So, I mean, in, in this uh, part of Europe, this is not so unique. There are a few companies which, which does it, but this is nothing to do with uh, Europe. I don't actually know even companies which works that way in a prime segment. Of course, there are companies in the middle class or lower segment that uh, does the whole branch in almost IKEA or, okay, they probably don't have tiles. But in a prime segment, you don't find this kind of approach in, uh, in, in Europe that often. Yeah, really interesting. And you think that's because the other markets have more size or why do you think that is? Yes, you can do business uh, just with one brand. So in big city like Berlin or Frankfurt uh, or Munich, there is mono brand shop, let's say for B&B Italia or for, uh, for Walter Noll. 
while here even just with a kind of mix of uh, brands you could survive here but then we go step ahead and we not only have like mix of furniture we we added in a time in those 20 years we added lighting we added the uh, kitchen we added uh, finishing materials uh, starting with the tiles and now probably every kind of product we have in our pocket and what would you say is the current vision of the company i mean uh It's challenging time at the moment. So from one point of view, uh, we could dream and, and, and have a vision for the future. From other point of view, we are uh, to careful about the uh, future because we don't know what happens uh, next with uh, Ukraine, with Russia, and uh, with uh, with energy and all these things branch together. So our primary goal is at least uh, to be on the level we are and, and, and to survive in these uh, challenging times, which are ahead of us but uh, if we still i mean every entrepreneur dreams about something so it it has some vision so i mean making company there was clear vision why do i do it for instance and uh, so we want to create a society which is uh, with high demands for the quality of life for aesthetics and uh, to approach it we it's not enough just to sell things so we we should participate in creating them And in our vision is that we will probably, uh, when this uh, challenging moment is over, we will probably go into the property business. We will set up uh, nice uh, properties uh, for the customers, for the clients as a role, as a good sample. How to, how could you make uh, such a property and how could it look like? So just to increase uh, understanding just to make this uh, understanding better of aesthetic of the life. I see. Yeah. How do you think Latvia is being affected by the current situation with the gas prices and everything? The tough, toughest part is just ahead of us because winter only starts and everybody is threatened uh, that there will be uh, even worse uh, than it is now. And even now there is like... Uh, quite terrible situation with the uh, gas prices uh, five times bigger than uh, than like a year ago and uh, people are suffering to cover the bills i mean a large uh, large amount of population they are suffering from this and uh, you know the plans by the government it's not clear how are they going to solve the situation how are they going to support people who are in a uh, struggling and this can make like a domino effect uh, if a big part of society gets in deep trouble and uh, it will affect any other economy parts as well yeah it makes it less stable right yeah yeah and it's i think there's not much on the government side of things that can be done in the short term right because it's to restructure everything it's set Maybe your country, it's relatively small, right? So maybe it's possible, who knows? But in Germany, it's definitely not possible because the infrastructure is just too big, right? And the needs and everything, it's just very hard to to move everything. Uh, so it's going to be really interesting to see how it's going to go in the next uh, next year or so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what would an interesting story be about your company, like something funny, something interesting that happened, uh, something that a lot of lessons can be drawn from, etc., etc.? That's not an easy question. When we started, we used to have uh, separate shops, separate places, separate offices for each of the um, branch that we uh, we worked on. So let's say 
we had like uh, separate uh, lighting shops. There was two lighting shops. There were separate furniture store, separate uh, kitchen store, separate uh, finishing material stores. And uh, at that moment, we felt that this is the right approach because, as I mentioned before, this hybrid version of uh, company, there was no such as in, such examples in uh, in Europe, or at least I didn't see. Okay, there are like area of good design, so that there are many companies which works in this field, and then maybe there is a carpenter, there is a tile company, etc. But uh, then when the when the crisis came, the, the huge crisis on 2008, when uh, the, the whole economy of the world collapsed, of course, we were in danger as well. But uh, it turned out that this was a great challenge for us. Uh, I mean, great opportunity. So we came out as a, as a big winners of the situation because we were forced to also reorganize. So the, uh, there was possibility to join all these fields in one place. But this was actually pushed by the market, not by us. That was not our decision to, to do it in one place. Since the situation was like that, so we step by step, uh, within like one or two years, uh, step by step, we all came together because in the space where we had the furniture store or other tenants went out. So they just... Uh, lost either they lost the business or they closed the specific spot and we took over all these places one by one and uh, at the end of the day we were like one big shop where all those directions were in one place and it turned out that architects and clients love it so they don't have to go around they don't uh, have to visit many places uh, so if they start project with furniture we added tiles then we added lighting we added kitchen and in spite of being like uh, only furniture and then he went somewhere else for lighting or kitchen, he did everything in one spot. If we were found with this crisis, it turned out that for us, it was a great uh, opportunity and a moment of uh, great growth. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. And it's a model that you came up with during that situation, right? Now we keep like that, so we uh, then we renovated completely uh, the space we've been in because we came step by step. Of course, it doesn't uh, they, they all together didn't look nice, so that uh, still each uh, direction looked somehow different. But then we did uh, the total renovation so that it all looked homogeneous, so that all looked like good together. And now we recently, like more than two years ago, we came to a new building uh, after 15 years being in the in this previous place, and then we totally renovated. And this is uh, like a gorgeous place. We we love it, and every person who visit, they love it. They love the place. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's really a kind of. It seems like it's basically structured to maximize the revenue per square meter essentially right because customers can buy different types of products so the revenue per customer increases and then i assume if the product selection like you can't just stock everything from like all these speciality stores right so you have to cut it down a little bit but normally people don't mind that right there's probably a certain segment of people that has an issue with it but a lot of people don't what I would be really curious to understand and what I think our listeners will benefit a lot from too is why this isn't done in a bigger slash more competitive country like 
Germany, France, maybe. I would be very curious about that. I think it's uh, more connected to the market size. So every uh, supplier or factory requires from dealer certain amount to be uh, made with his product. So And uh, with this, uh, I don't think there are too many companies which are able to distribute it, uh, its attention and to be successful in all fields. So if, uh, let's say, we take, if we take one, uh, one tile producer, they require quite a big amount in Munich and, and it's not that big in, in Riga. So for us, being like with all these directions, we are capable of uh, reaching the goals set by suppliers. Otherwise, we would lose the good brand if we don't reach the results. While in uh, Europe, in larger Europe city, they need to be so concentrated on this particular brand that they cannot afford uh, to spend attention to, I'm not talking uh, only about the same branch, but even totally different branch. So not even just different kind of uh, tiles, but totally different products, furniture, for instance. So it's too complicated uh, with those goals which are set by suppliers. I think this is the main reason. Mm -hmm. Interesting, I see. So it's not necessarily about the procurement being the bottleneck, but more the minimum requirements suppliers have in terms of sales targets, correct? Yes, yes. So if you are dealer of the good brand, you probably sell only that one brand. You, you, you put all, the, all your efforts to sell that brand, all the marketing efforts, sales efforts, and you are successful with only one brand so you keep your mono brand store let's take uh, let's take i don't know frankfurt and there's uh, only uh, let's say Hayworth, which is office furniture mono brand store or or vitra store or there are many several uh, mono brand stores and they are successful because they put all the efforts and market is large enough to sell vitra in these quantities both vitra to be happy And the dealer is happy and covers their costs and earns something. Very interesting, actually, because it's it's a very unique kind of situation with the market you're in. So I'm, it's very interesting what you're sharing here. So what would you say three takeaways that you'd like to share with our audience? You have to dream. You have to believe yourself and my recommendation to everyone, not only the, the listeners, to every person, to my kids is... Uh, to do uh, always to do something you like you really uh, are passionate uh, of doing so the life is only one uh, you live once and uh, try to not to spoil your life use it for the things that you really enjoy and there will be always uh, something to do in the fields that you like so just don't spend uh, your life your time on things you don't like and and sometimes people are afraid oh i can i cannot change it because then i'm in trouble and, and i will not find the place i like but you just have to make that step and be brave enough and then this is a big life changer always i've been always following that rule and i i recommend all my, my kids and family and friends also to follow that uh, principle and i think it also makes you a bit more effective right because there is in personality psychology, there is a thing called cognitive strengths. Yeah. It's, it's something that psychologists are using to like measure personality traits. And basically, like it really looks like there's certain predispositions people have for different types of work, right? There's people who 
really like thinking abstractly. There's people who really like to work with their hands. There's people who really like to put systems into place or to follow certain procedures. Uh, this, so it's a, uh, and they actually did studies on seeing how well someone would perform in a specific position based off if that position or the requirements for that position would match their strengths. And I mean, it's not really surprising, but uh, it's just interesting to see like actual scientific proof behind this as well, that if there was more of a match, uh, people would work in a certain position for longer, they would be more satisfied, their bosses would rate them better, et cetera, et cetera. So it really makes a lot of sense what you're saying. Yeah. It would make a huge difference, a huge difference. And I'm always wondering that, okay, there are like large corporations which are really evaluating not only like uh, your hard skills but uh, a lot of your soft skills which tells a lot of uh, being able to do this or another uh, operations but i'm wondering that uh, there are still no headhunters which deeply uh, analyze this part of uh, work market so that they could find because you can teach person to do almost anything of course to be doctor uh, you need to take uh, a bit more time but there are so many things you could learn very quickly. And the most important thing is what are your soft skills? Uh, which uh, of the work or job would be the most uh, compatible to your soft skills? And that would make the, the, the whole world a better place to live if there, there would be such approach. For sure. Yeah, 100%. Great. Then I think we have to wrap up pretty soon. Uh, do you have any any last words for our audience? I'm not that... Uh, that aware which is the audience but maybe since i'm uh, from latvia and uh, not related to the business i would recommend everybody to visit baltic states uh, to visit latvia it's a really brilliant place uh, to be it's uh, if you look at the number of people uh, who are living here you will see that there are almost no people so it's unhard uh, nature really few people if you go out of the main city riga which is uh hauptstadt <laughs> of uh, of latvia so uh, especially in the summertime so i would recommend everybody dream about uh, and then to plan a visit to baltic states you can do it by car it's not that far from germany if uh, there are listeners from germany but if it's uh, more far away in europe you can fly there's a lot of direct flights from uh, from europe and just rent a car and, and visit all three Baltic uh, countries. You will see an amazing uh, nature and um, you will meet probably uh, very interesting people and you will be really amazed what you see here. So that's probably my last words to the audience. 